Jerry. <laughs> Jerry! <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah. These showers are horrible. There's no pressure. I can't get the shampoo out of my hair. Me either. If I don't have a good shower, I am not myself. I feel weak and ineffectual. I'm not Kramer. You? What about me? I got the Tonight Show tonight. I'm gonna have to shower in the dressing room. Oh. Where are you going? Well, I gotta find another shower. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Oh, man, these low flow shower heads are terrible. I've got to be in here for like an hour. What am I going to do for an hour? My God, this is ridiculous. Ivan. Stephen, what are you doing here? It's time to record the podcast. Are you serious? Yes, you've been in that shower for an hour. What are you doing? Well, they're low-flow shower heads, man. I don't care. It's time to record. Oh, all right. Hang on. I'll turn off the taps. We need to stick to a schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're upsetting it. Okay. Let's jump in the studio. Hang on. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Oh, shit. I haven't uh, towel myself off properly. That's okay. right. You'll just have weird-looking hair. Yeah. Like Jerry, Morty, and Kramer. Yeah. And Newman. Well, I was able to wash my hair in time. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, which is good. Right, right, right. Yes. Anyway, enough about my showering. This isn't what the podcast is about. Let's us shower you in secondary characters on this week's <laughs> episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our favourite show ever, Seinfeld. And uh, this week we are doing, if you haven't picked it already, The Showerhead. Yeah, I, unfortunately I couldn't get the command of 4,000. Uh, that was out of the price range. The guy, uh, I, I went to the, the guy at the back, you know, with all the uh, the Yugoslavian guy. The back of the diner. The back of the diner, yeah, with the salesman. And uh, yeah, he said that's only for uh, elephants for the circus. Right. So I couldn't buy it. Yeah, you're you're delicate like Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he asked me, would Stephen like one as well? And I said, no, Stephen's quite delicate. I am so. delicate. I'm a delicate little petal. <laughs> delicate <laughs> little flower. Indeed you are. That's right. Yes. And if you're delicate too and you want to get in touch with us, you can. We have an email address, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. And uh, our website, bidwebass.com. And uh, if you want to listen to us anywhere in the world at any time, you can on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts now. Yes. Uh, and we are now on Patreon. We've been on Patreon, I think, for three or four weeks. So head along to patreon.com forward slash bidwebass and check out our support tiers. $5 Australian a month will get you a weekly uh, content stream, exclusive content stream. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, head along if you want to support. Yes, please. That'd be great. Some secondaries we're going to talk about today. Uh, we'll talk about Lydia, who's Leo's girlfriend for the episode. Uh, Dr. Strugatz. <laughs> it's funny because it sounds like an Italian... Strugatz. Strugatz. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> that what... mean balls? Yeah. 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 Something yeah. like that. That's what Tony Soprano's boat's name. Yeah, exactly. Stugatz, Stugatz. 2, I think. Yeah. In the show, I think it's the Stugatz 2. So he must have had a Stugatz. It yeah. prob- probably sunk. <laughs> Some rival mob boss probably sunk it as yeah, a as sunk his Stugatz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about Dr. Struguts, the showerhead salesman, and uh, like I mentioned before, Lydia. That's right. I've got a couple of extras, the waitress, uh, the diner, and a couple of said but not scenes. But uh, yeah, we'll touch on them very briefly. Indeed. Before we do get into uh, the episode, let's do some Seinfeld news. Okay, following up last week's epic 
Seinfeld news. We only have three this week. Oh, and compared to seven like last season. Seven oh, last, last week. week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what you got? Uh, so two are related to the recent release of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. So they, the latest season, season 10, was released on Netflix last Friday. Yeah, that's July right. the 6th. Yep. Uh, worldwide. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I probably will this week. Uh, and we can talk about it next week. Uh, in the lead up to the release, uh, Jerry naturally did a lot of press to promote it. Uh, and a lot of it was just standard stuff, nothing very exciting. But uh, one interview did catch my eye, or one question in one interview. He was asked by USA Today whether he'd have Donald Trump on the show. <laughs> uh, he did have Obama, I think, in the third season or yeah. fourth season. You said you watched that the other day. Yeah, yeah, I saw it ages ago, probably when it first came out, but I rewatched it the other day, and it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Jerry replied very neutrally. Um, he's not very uh, political, you know, at least publicly. He's, yeah, uh, he's he, quite private about he, his political He opinions. avoids the politics, Jerry. He yeah. doesn't really like to get into it. You know, you get a lot of these celebrities like Alec Baldwin, Kathy Griffin, who really mm. go full on. Yeah. But no, Jerry, he likes to hang back and, and be pedestrian with that kind of stuff. Yeah. What do you think uh, Jerry's political leanings are? Get in touch with us and let us know. Or Jerry, if you're listening, which I doubt, let us know. <laughs> As if he'd listened to a podcast about a show he created 20 years ago. Oh, well, you never know. <laughs> Why would he? Seinfeld will like, always... I wrote these characters. You guys are full of shit. The show will always be in his heart. That's true. <laughs> so... <laughs> in his heart, not in his ears. And in his bank account, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, when he was asked if Donald Trump would be on the show, Jerry, again, very... Uh, what's the word? Not... Uh, yeah, there's what, a word. what word? I don't know. I can't think of the word. Anyway, <laughs> he replied, you have to be a Canadian, a comedian to be on my show. Oh, so in other words, the the Don isn't that funny. No, uh, you can't be someone who's made fun of. You have to actually be funny, funny of you, uh, funny cool. yourself. So I think he's saying he has to be a joke creator, not the butt of many jokes, yeah, which uh, Trump yeah. is. So, sure, sure. Uh, and he said, so far we haven't really seen that, but we're watching closely. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. The second bit of news again is related to comedians and cars getting coffee. This one followed the um, the release of the show, like I said, which uh, was last Friday uh, on Netflix. Uh, I read some reviews. Have you read any reviews for the show or seen no, anything? No, not as yeah. yet. Most of the reviews have been quite lacklustre. Oh, okay. Most of them saying that this is, you know, this needs to be the final season. It's kind of done its dash. Yeah, it's probably because, like, even though Jerry has different cars, mm. you know, I guess it can be quite repetitive. Yeah. And, you know, like, you, you can only have a formula for so long, mm. you know, until yeah. it eventually tires. Maybe it's just getting too tired. Well, I think, I think the fact that he wanted to keep it simple, it's just, you know, a nice car, we go and get a coffee and talk shit for 15 minutes about comedy. But you can't do that for 10 seasons, can well, you? Well, yeah, I mean, the downside to that is that you can't leverage a lot off that and have a lot of creativity. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. it, it is what it is and that's it. There's only so many cars that you can drive, you know? <laughs> that's it, yeah. Um, one, uh, one review actually stood out to me. Again, most of the reviews were like, look, it's fine, it's not terrible, but it's just done its dash, it kind of needs to end, and it's a bit boring at this point. But um, one review was actually titled, uh, and it was by a website called fatherly.com. It's just a culture website. Uh, and the review was titled, Has Jerry Seinfeld Become a Jerk? Oh, why? Why, they, why is he a jerk? Well, apparently in this season, he takes aim at a lot of sort of modern comedy um, and sort of PC culture silencing, you know, controversial content. And he talks about Me Too and he criticizes Me Too with Alec Baldwin. I just think he's got this m- sort of recent disdain against comedy in general. I think he feels like it's under attack from <laughs> from the modern left and from PC culture. Yeah, because th- that's like that time, I think, a few years ago with Jerry, he actually did... Um, I forgot which college it was in America, but he, he, he said on a talk show he went to a college and he had a joke about a gay French king. Right. And apparently 
because the fact that he said that the French king was gay, mm. the left got really offended. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't think he targeted anyone in particular or any sort of idea or movement or any comedian, but I just think it's a vibe that he has. Um, you know, and a lot of articles also pointed out that it, it's not actually comedy that's under attack. It's that he's becoming less relevant and he's just a, you know, white privileged man and he should shut up. So, Like Zach Galifianakis, you yeah. know, parodied really well yeah. in uh, Between Two Ferns. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll, you know, that, that, that dynamic will always happen where, you know, young people say that old people are irrelevant and irrelevant and uh, old people who are apparently irrelevant say that young people are too sensitive. So is Jerry it's, it's becoming, an age-old dynamic. Is Jerry becoming, you know, like a... Like you're just a grumpy old man. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he's had his time. You know, his heyday is over. And now he's just relying on nostalgia more than anything mm. and cool cars and coffee. So, yeah. But, you know, he's got 900 million bucks in the bank. I don't think he really cares. Nah, I think he's good. Yeah. yeah. And Seinfeld will always have an audience, i.e. us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, the third bit of news, uh, today.com, they released a photo series and it's called, Here's What Jerry Seinfeld's Apartment Would Look Like Today. And it's just a photo series. There's no uh, written part of the article. And it's about 10 or 20 uh, computer-generated images of what Jerry's apartment would look like today. Ah, computer-generated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They look like the sort of photos you would see if you, say, went, um, you know, if you bought a house off a developer and you can pick and choose, like, the interior design. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, it's it's like a generic template but you can pick like the wall colors or the door trimmings and things like that mm, yeah it looked like those kind of photos cool um and it's basically just his apartment but in modern styles with modern furniture so it's the same layout the couch is in the same place the mm-hmm. kitchen everything's set out the same yeah right but with more modernized furniture yeah I, I was actually i was watching the shower head again today and i noticed he had all these v you know he's got those vhs tapes i'd imagine he'd have like dvds yeah or something was it that kind of stuff no it didn't no? really it didn't really focus on the accessories more just the furniture okay. and the style so what would what would he have um well it, it was all the same mm-hmm. things but oh. i don't know how to describe modern furniture other than it's modern so yeah no just, pee stain by poppy no, no, no <laughs> on no, his no. couch no. no it was you know the couch is in the same place same computer same desk same kitchen you know even the bike in the background but it's just as if it was replaced by modern furniture yeah, yeah. you would find it like ikea or something and like an imac computer or something yeah 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 something like that nice so i'll put the link uh to that article and the other two articles uh, as well in the show notes yep and uh that's this week's i news very good steve and uh, one other question i'd like to put to our listeners as well what modern appliances or modern tech would jerry have in his house would he have like an Amazon Alexa, like an Echo? Would he have, like, Google Home? Would he have, like, a robot vacuum cleaner? What do you think Jerry would have? I th- he'd definitely have the vacuum cleaner. I reckon I mean, he would a clean too. Freak. He's a clean freak. He doesn't yeah. want to touch stuff. No. But what do you think? Let us know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Has he ever had an electric toothbrush? I feel like Jerry would use an electric toothbrush. Uh, he bought one uh, in the pothole for uh, oh, Kristen Davis's right. character. That's yeah, right. The electric toothbrush. Is that when she drops drops the toothbrush, the toothbrush in, the in the toilet? toilet. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. does he use one himself? Mm, don't think so. Okay. I don't think you really see him brush his teeth much. No. No. From memory. I don't know, but mm. you know, sometimes they'll show his bathroom occasionally. Yeah. I'm, Next time, uh, next time we do an episode with a shot of his bathroom, I'll have to pause it and, and take note of uh, yeah. any electric toothbrush. It and, might be that. Yeah, and then what modern day appliances would he have in there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Hmm. All right. When we come back, we're going to have a very quick break from a word from our pretend sponsors. If well, we don't have sponsors, but you know, up next, a word from our sponsors. We're going to talk about the shower head from season seven, and uh, we're going to talk about a few secondary characters.
you're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests well you found it listen to in melbourne last week with me ivan pugioni i talk to a different guest every week about their occupation their hobby their love for something whatever it may be always interesting so be sure to subscribe i'm on apple podcasts stitcher and podbean so be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast We're launched. We're ready to go, Stephen and Ivan. Ivan, me, of course. You know. You just refer to yourself in third person. Yeah. (laughs) Ivan's getting upset. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen's getting confused. Ivan's in traction. (laughs) We're going to get the Commander 4000, and we're talking about the Showerhead this week. Season 7, episode 16 of our beloved show, Seinfeld. And uh, every week, before we talk about the secondary characters, I give a plot synopsis of the episode, in case you haven't watched it in a long time, and uh, we discuss a bit of trivia about the episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get into it, huh? First aired in the US, February 15, 1996, directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Peter Melman and Marjorie Groves. After Morty Seinfeld resigns from the condo board, him and Helen move into Uncle Leo's apartment in NYC, while Leo is living with his girlfriend, Lydia. And Stephen, you know what's really amazing about Lydia? Mm. I couldn't find any acting credits for the role. And she wasn't on IMDb. I couldn't find the actress. Did you find her? No, I didn't. She's in nothing. I, I checked everywhere. I checked. I couldn't find anything. So I don't know who played Lydia. Okay, usually if the actor or actress isn't on uh, Wikipedia... Um, or WikiSign, I don't really bother looking. No. Nah. So the fact that she wasn't on there, you know, I was just like, okay, yeah, cool. Whatever. Really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, is there something we're missing? Like, maybe just let us know. Because, you know, we've come across this once or twice mm. where we couldn't find the actor or actress for the role. And I don't know, maybe she was like a stand-in or maybe she was like part of the crew or something and they needed like a like a, like an older to middle-aged older lady to kind of step in and yeah, who just knows? like one scene for laughing you know yeah who, who knows? knows it's really weird so yeah. I, was, I was i kept looking i'm like surely I, I can find the actress there is she, an answer out there we just need to find it yeah if you're lydia if you're still around <laughs> you're probably be like 90 by now uh, let us know please <laughs> or if you know her please i'd love to love to talk to you if you're not still being called an anti-semitic when you're obviously not yeah she's just laughing at the jokes get in touch with us yeah please uh the seinfelds plan to move to a new florida development called Del Boca Vista. I love how Frank Costanza says yeah. it. Del Boca Vista. He's on fire in this episode. Oh, he's one of his best episodes. I think it's, from memory, it's probably his most angry performance. He, oh, just, yeah. he just flares up so much. You think you can get me away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can get me away? I'll be the shuffleboard, <laughs> the clubhouse. This is Frank Costanza. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> So good. His vitriol is just oh, another on level point. in this episode. And I love how him and George, you know, kind of they have the vitriol together. Like mm. Frank, Frank's like, no one can stop me. And then George is like, yeah, you tell him to go to hell. You know, they kind of, they're having yeah. like a father-son moment. It's almost like nice. a bonding moment. Yeah, it's probably it their closest moment as father and son in the series. <laughs> yeah, probably even their whole life. <laughs> and it's and it's under false pretenses. George is pretending to be his ally, but really he just yeah. wants them to fuck off yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's doing it. And Frank and, and um, Frank wants to go there despite the Seinfelds yeah. Frank and Estelle 
not not for enjoyment, not no, to better his life, not to get out of not to get out of cold. They'll sell a house and buy a new house yeah. purely to spite a couple that have no bearing on their life. That's how petty and pathetic they are. But that's why I love them. Looking at De Boca Vista, there's nothing left. I checked. Well, how did you get yours? Oh, we got lucky. We got lucky. <laughs> You're telling me that there's not one condo left <laughs> in the whole of Del Boca Vista. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it Del Boca Vista every time I say it. Just the Del way Boca Frank Vista. says it. Del Boca Vista perfect jerry starts to get annoyed when his parents ring him all the time i don't have a buffer zone he attempts to encourage leo to break up with lydia so the seinfelds move back to florida and leo can move back into his place george tries to convince his parents to move to florida as well as we mentioned before frank is challenged by the seinfelds when they claim that there's no more condos at del Boca vista and he plans to buy in at florida just to spite them <laughs> That's how crazy they are. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Elaine tests positive for opium after a urine test, preventing her from going to Africa with Peterman. Shanghai Sally. Shanghai Sally. Yam yam. White Lotus. Shanghai Sally. I too was under the spell of opium. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great Jay Peterman performance as yeah. well. Excellent. Yep. We spoke about him a few couple of weeks ago, but he's on point in this episode. Um, anyway, Leo gets upset after watching Jerry on The Tonight Show and breaks up with Lydia after he claims that she's an anti-Semite after laughing at jokes at his expense. Leo moves back into his apartment. Jerry gets his buffer zone back as his parents have to move back to Florida. Frank tells Morty that they're moving to Del Boca Vista, which results in them staying in NYC and moving in with Jerry. Jerry tries to get Leo to move back in with Lydia, but the Costanzas decide not to move in, to George's dismay, as in not to move into Del Boca Vista. Elaine get, takes another urine test, re- realising that the opium is from poppy seeds, but uses Helen's urine so she can go on the trip. Or urine, sorry. Uh, she tests negative for opium, but Peterman says that the sample has signs of menopause and she may have osteoporosis, <laughs> preventing Elaine from going on the trip once again. Kramer and Newman buy a powerful showerhead as they have low-flow ones installed, but it ends up being too powerful and it forces Kramer out of the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Other secondary characters include uh, Ron West. He plays Dr. Stuggatz. <laughs> Stuggatz. I was going to call him Dr. Stuggatz. I'm in the mood to... Of saying those kind of things, Stuggarts, okay. Stuggarts, as the in the in the uh, scenes with Elaine where she's getting her tests done. Uh, Jay Leno appears as himself when Jerry's on the show. Uh, Tim Dazan plays the showerhead salesman, and uh, Michelle Vanilla she plays the waitress. That's right, and uh, some other secondaries who we've either talked about before or we will talk about in the future in their own episodes include Jay Peterman, uh, Uncle Leo. Uh, Seinfeld's parents, Jerry's parents, and George's parents too. And Newman. And Newman as well. Of course. Yeah. And it's funny because the showerhead is like the title of the episode, but you don't see much of the showerhead in the episode, just no. a couple of scenes. No. You know, when they talk I mean, about it. Yeah, to me, the primary story, the A story, is uh, George trying to get rid of his parents. Yeah. yeah. Know, and the showerhead's kind of the B story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the super. We're installing low flow shower heads. Low uh, flow shower heads. I don't like the sound I of that. Don't like the sound of that. <laughs> bit of trivia about the episode, Steve. What have you got? Uh, the first bit of trivia I've got is, uh, and I feel like we've maybe mentioned this in an episode prior, but I can't remember. But uh, Del Boca Vista translates to view of the mouth. That's correct. Yes, I, I remember when I was writing the trivia down. I thought this sounds familiar. We've done this before. Yeah, it might have been like maybe a later episode. Yeah, 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 where they've talked about Del Boca Vista. Or maybe they moved there. Yeah, yeah. Not sure. Yeah, not sure. Anyway, um, Kramer despises taking baths in the episode, which he claims all those microbes and those germs having sex sex with with each each other. other. (laughs) But there's a bit of a continuity issue. In season five's The Wife, which we've done an episode of, he clearly states that he takes baths instead of showers. Yeah, 
I've got so, that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Uh, in episode two of season five, the Puffy Show, which we've also done, and which is basically our namesake for the show, yeah. for the podcast, definitely <laughs> one of the lines from the Puffy Show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in that episode, George tells Jerry that uh, Estelle has never laughed, but uh, in this episode, um, the point is. Now she she what she does is Estelle Jerry says you know they 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 applaud like his dressing room and how nice he is and how mm. you know how well looked after he oh, yeah. is and then Jerry goes and then Estelle goes you must be very excited or something and then Jerry goes I'm just drunk yeah you actually see Estelle laugh slightly yeah and she chuckles a bit she chuckles yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why that reading just turned into a yeah. mess of shit <laughs> he goes I'm just that's all right I got you I I, I caught you buddy <laughs> we're all good. And I've got a uh, actually one more one more bit of trivia, and then I've got a bit of inf- information about showers. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> about showers. About showers. Why I haven't not? had one in a week. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, That's your no, information. You, I was in the shower just before. Ah, oh, I knew I could smell something. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, a Comedy Central magnet can be seen on Jerry's fridge. Yeah. Mm. I did pause that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it before I read that trivia, but I did pause <laughs> it for um you know for the sake of pausing it because I do love looking at those small details. Nice. Yep. And a uh, final bit of trivia I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jerry's on the phone requesting a wake-up call uh, in the morning, the voice on the other end belongs to a guy named Zach Pfeiffer. And uh, he can be uh, seen as the role of Bob. Um, and he's the manager of the Andover shop in The Wigmaster. Which ah, is a which is a couple... Oh, no, no, it's season seven. Is Same season, season seven. It's a couple of episodes oh, later. Yeah, 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 yeah the Wigmaster, yeah. Where, yeah. where uh, Kramer dresses up as the pimp. Yeah, oh, so oh, same oh. actor does the voice. Nice. Mm. Really cool. Any other trivia? Uh, well, not about the episode, but uh, I like getting, you know, the the episode, you know, like the title of the episode or the actual subject matter of the episode and just giving you a bit of trivia about it. Like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about Risk. You know, and today I'll talk about showers. Risk was last week. Oh, yeah, it was last week. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, now, the original showers were waterfalls, which were more efficient than bathing in a traditional bathe, uh, basin back in the ancient times. Uh, but it required transportation of both fresh and waste water. Um, so basically, people would shower themselves in waterfalls instead of basins. Mm-hmm. So showers were more popular because it was hard to transport water, of course. Um, there's evidence of rudimentary indoor shower rooms first being used in early upper-class ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia. Wow. Ancient Greece were the first to use showers by utilising their aqueducts and sewerage systems made from lead pipes, which pumped water in and out of communal shower rooms. And the first mechanical hand-pumped shower was patented in England in 1767 by stovemaker William Feetham. Okay. Mm. Well, yes. there you go. I didn't realise it had such a uh, long and complicated history. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs> Showering us in facts. Oh, indeed. <laughs> and not the golden ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's your thing? That's fine. Yes, indeed. Mm. Anyway, who are we going to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about Lydia. All right, Lydia, played by... Insert actress here. <laughs> I have no idea. Played by question mark. She appeared in the films, blah, 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 no idea, yada, 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 and does this woman even exist anymore? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, 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 yeah. And yeah. she she won a, you know, <laughs> you're trying to your impro skills. <laughs> yeah, they're sucking. And she won a miscellaneous award for best miscellaneous actress <laughs> in the 1972 ceremony. Yes. So there you go. Yes. She appeared in Prognosis Negative. Yeah, she did, yes. Prognosis <laughs> Negative. Prognosis Negative, yes. And also Rochelle Rochelle. Rochelle Probably Rochelle. as well, yes. Yeah. Not as the title character, though. She was Rochelle. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so. yes. So, um, yeah, so Lydia, I mean, you don't see much of her, but she seems, you know, she was 
bit older than what I expected. Really? Why? I don't know. You know, she looks younger than Leo. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. Not much younger. Not much not younger. Noticeably younger. But I thought she looked a bit older, but no, it's just me. <laughs> but like Jerry says, Leo, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. I love that scene. I love how he just completely <laughs> I, I love, changes yeah. his tune. I love. Yeah, I love how in the first scene he's like, "You're an Adonis. Yeah, you can you can go swinging. You're in the prime of your life." And then yeah, then Jerry's like, "You're disgusting." <laughs> She's an anti-Semite. I no, don't blame her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good so rough if someone can look at you for at least 10 seconds I cling on to them like dream death <laughs> <laughs> oh, so rough like yeah. Leo just cops it in this episode oh he does Paul Leo yeah um, the only thing I have about her is that she's obviously Leo's girlfriend yeah uh, she likes Jerry stand up she seems like she'd be fun I think you know. I think mm. she'd like a drink. Yeah. For some reason, I can imagine her like going out and having a you know a bawdy time. Yeah. Having a few having a few cocktails and having a bit of a dance. Yes, and also I was thinking Lydia, she can't be Jewish because Leo accuses mm. her of being anti-Semitic. So you can't really be anti-Semitic if you're Jewish. No, you that's know what true. I mean? So uh, how do you think they met? Um. Hello. What's your name? I reckon they maybe would have met out. Yeah. You know. Like I said, I think, you know, she likes to go out for a bit of a drink and maybe a bit of a, a boogie, a bit of yeah, a party. Yeah, yeah. I um even though she's I'm assuming maybe in her sixties, I uh I don't think her, her party streak is over. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Leo was out one night and uh, you know, he met her out and he um he charmed her enough to, to start a relationship with her. Yeah, cool. You know, and then uh, he dumped her for his anti-Semitic paranoia. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's yeah. anti-Semite. Yeah. He's an anti-Semite. Yeah. He's an anti-Semite. I love uh, Leo's face when uh, when Lydia's laughing at Jerry's spot on Jay Leno. Oh, and you just, can really, you can see the... sour grapes. And you can see the hurt in his eyes. He yeah. closes his eyes and he, he kind of reflects on it. Yeah. And you can just see like the hurt yep. in his voice, like the pain in his face. <laughs> I do like, and this is not me laughing at anti-Semitic jokes or, or Nazi jokes, but just Jerry's delivery um, of, you know, when uh, Leo accuses the, the, the cook in the kitchen of cooking the, like undercooking the burger or yeah, overcooking yeah, the that's burger. Right. Yeah. And Jerry goes like blah blah blah, you know, Goebbels in the kitchen there. <laughs> <laughs> what did that mean? Goebbels is What was Goebbels? Goebbels was uh Nazis uh, was Hitler's propaganda minister. Oh okay. Joseph Goebbels, he was one of the high ranking members of the SS. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh I, I Yeah. So you've got like Hans Himmler, uh Joseph Goebbels, he was I think the propaganda minister for Germany. Ah. Um. Yeah. So you know in Inglorious Bastards yeah. Um, you know the scene when they're in the kitchen and Goebbels is talking about the film that uh, they're putting out? You know the film, uh, the the nationalistic film oh, about yeah, the Oh, yeah, yeah, the propaganda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Goebbels is the guy talking about that film and how it's going to bring glory to Germany and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, so that's why I called him Goebbels. <laughs> called him Goebbels, nice. That's real Jerry humor right yeah, there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. See. Do you have anything else about Lydia? No, that was it. I mean, yeah, there's I not much to work with. Yeah, not really much to work with. Yeah, no, she seems like a good, good person, and uh, yeah, I think Leo should have hung on to her. Yeah, yeah. Well, he a, did eventually. A grim death. And a grim death. Yeah. Even. Do you reckon she would have taken him back? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon she's pretty easy about that kind of stuff. Maybe okay. when Leo called her an anti-Semite, she probably thought, ah, you know, they had a fight, but I don't think it wouldn't have bothered her. Nah. Would have rolled off her back. Probably yeah. water off her back. Yeah, like I said, yeah. I think she's pretty easygoing and pretty, you know, happy-go-lucky and mm-hmm. doesn't really get bothered by that much. Yeah, that's how, that's what it sounds like to me too, yeah. True. All right, well, let's talk about the showerhead salesman. Yeah, played by Tim Dazan, known for appearing in Fight Club, The Cabin in the Woods, and 2002's Spider-Man. Yep, yeah, and uh, he bad. also appeared in Live Free or Die Hard, which is the terrible Die Hard 5 ah, movie. Yeah. Garbage. Come on, Bruce, have yeah. a rest, will you? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he's also appeared on television in Mad Men and 
Weeds, two excellent shows. Oh, very good. So he's got had quite a good career. Yeah. It's been quite a few uh, good shows. Indeed. Uh, so he obviously runs a black market showerhead business. You're from Yugoslavia, or the former Yugoslavia. That's right. He, no, he's not Yugoslavian. He had like a very no. kind of... Raspy. No, he's, he's American. Yeah, American. Yeah, like a raspy American accent. Yeah, but yeah. I, th- I think his uh, supplier is a Serbian. Yeah. Um, yeah. And clearly they do uh, deals as well as like residential uh, customers. They also do jobs for commercial customers, maybe like circuses. That's right. Because <laughs> they got the elephant shower. Well, do you think he would sell to circuses or do you think he's, he's uh, using shower heads that are normally sold to circuses and he's just selling them for residential domestic people? But, no, but, I mean? but like remember it? how they looked at it and he goes, that one isn't for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I realise that. But I'm saying, do you think he sells to circuses or he just sells circus grade shower heads to people do you know what I mean but the like, thing is if he sold them then he would have sold it to Kramer and Newman without hesitating I guess so wouldn't he yeah that's yeah. true but I, I think mm. basically this scene of them in the boot looking at all the things I think it's just a, like a parody of you know like back yeah. alley gun you know sales and that kind of stuff any black market yeah any product. black market product you know and there's yeah. like the big gun you know what I mean and yeah. it's like oh we don't sell that not yeah. for sale yeah. oh I want, it, I want customs. it I want it I want it I want it yeah, yeah. We got the goods. We got the cash. We got the goods. I love the, the desperate look on Newman's face. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yep. I had a theory that um, maybe, like I said, he's obviously supplied by a uh, you know dodgy Serbian person. Yeah. Do you remember Tabachnik? Tabachnik, yeah. Yeah. Oh the, no, the cable guy. Oh, don't tell me there's a link from the baby shower. From the baby shower, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the point of the show. We <laughs> we sort of make up stuff. Oh, we do. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tabachnik was his supplier. Because if you remember as well, other than other than, um, or someone associated with Tabachnik, yeah, someone yeah. someone in that maybe Tabachnik is part of a network of dodgy, you know, <laughs> former former uh, Soviet Union, uh, you know, people. After the Berlin Wall went down, they had yeah, to, you know, they you all, know, they find all money. Yeah, yeah, they all um, they all came to America mm-hmm. and they you know formed a little sort of black market crime syndicate. Nothing too bad, just selling you know dodgy goods. Um, you know, maybe Tabachnik's part of that. Maybe. You know, and whoever the mysterious Serbian showerhead salesperson is, he's uh, he's either Tabachnik or associated with <laughs> Perhaps, him. Perhaps, yeah, that, that might work. <laughs> I don't know, that made, that made sense to me. I mean, because before uh, the, the fall of the USSR, uh, Yugoslavia was part of... Yugoslavia was part of the USSR. That's right, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, even though Tabachnik is Russian, uh, the fact that... Um, you know, whoever the Serbian person is was also part of the USSR. Mm. You know, there's a link there. Yeah. And you know what I find really funny as well? I I think, I don't know what happened with like the water legislation in New York in the 90s or whatever, but I mm. think, you know, they're installing like government subsidized low flow shower heads. And you know how sometimes, you know, if there's like an energy efficient thing installed and maybe someone wants like something which uses a bit more energy or water or resources, they'll go to like, a supplier, maybe like a dodgy dealer or a black market or something. Yeah. So maybe, I guess, in the Seinfeld New York universe, maybe they were rolling out low-flow shower heads to make like mandatory. Okay. Maybe there were water restrictions. True. Like in the mid nineties, yeah, I don't know in, about in New York. response to a drought. Maybe, or... maybe they were going through a drought. There weren't enough water, you know, levels in the reservoirs and and stuff. So maybe. Perhaps that people who were didn't like these low flow shower heads because they mm. had to be in the shower for like an hour just to wash their feet, and um, yeah, they would they referred to the black market to get fat shower heads to 
to counteract the uh, government's mandatory uh, legislation on low-flow showerheads. Well, that's a pretty common thing. Like, whenever whenever there's heavy restrictions put on anything, the black market usually steps yeah. in to fill the void. <laughs> and the showerhead black market has, is, yeah. was nourishing in 1996. True. Yeah, but I'm the, not too sure. It was a showerhead sure. prohibition. Maybe. <laughs> and, the, and the Serbian was the uh, showerhead Al Capone. Yeah, the Al Capone. Stepping in to, to fill that demand. His name was Al Shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> very Sh- clean guy. Al, Al Shampoon. A very Al Shampoo. <laughs> A very spiffy guy from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. See? <laughs> Do you have anything else about the salesman? No, I didn't mind him. Like yeah. He only had a few lines. But, uh, yeah, clearly, you know, whenever there's an opportunity, when there's like a, a restriction of some sort or an amendment to, you know, energy legislation, very similar to this, uh, guys like him demand. come in and fills the void. Yeah, Indeed. exactly. And when there's a demand for, like, bigger, fatter shower heads, you know, he's, he's in there. there. He's there. Even for circus elephants. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I feel like... Uh, no, I won't say that. Um, you feel like a shower? No. Well, yes, but no. Anyway, moving on. Do you want to hear a dirty joke? The boy fell in mud. Yes. Do you want to hear a clean joke? Yes. He had a shower. Sure did. Actually, I heard a really good joke the other day. I have to tell it. It's not related to Seinfeld or anything, but I liked it so much. Go for it. It's a dad joke, but it's a good dad joke. Here we go. So a guy walks into the pub and... um, What's the deal with this? (laughs) Guy walks into the pub and uh, he says to the barman, "Um, oh, mate, I just need to uh, check something on Google Maps. Uh, What's your Wi-Fi password? And then the barman goes, oh, you'll have to buy a beer first. The guy goes, okay. So he buys a beer, drinks the beer, and he goes, all right, well, uh, what, what's your Wi-Fi password? And he goes, no, no, you'll have to buy a beer first. So he buys a beer, uh. he downs it, <clears throat> and he goes, mate, I bought two beers. What is your password? And he goes, I've told you, lowercase, Y-O-U apostrophe L-L, you'll have to buy a beer soon. I get it. Yeah, I love those sort of jokes. Just dumb. But, but smart. No, really daggy. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, being a dad, I'm allowed to like those jokes. Of course you can. Indeed. And I'm sure I'll enjoy those jokes when I have my first child. True. One day. <laughs> One day. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, who are we talking about next? Dr. Stuguts? Yeah. Stuguts? Stuguts. Played by Stuguts. Played I think by... It's just, to, just for clarification, hmm. I think it's actually Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Because yeah. it's S-T-R-U-T-G-A-T-Z. What's that, Austrian? Stuttgart. German or Austrian? German or Austrian. Yeah. yeah. Played um, by... Oh, sorry. You were saying? I was going to say, it's, it's a weird... It, it sounds weird though, like strut, strut. It's it's so hard to, to say strut. strut. I thought it was strutguts. Strut. No, strut but it's like strutguts. Ah, strutguts. Ah, strut. yeah, strutguts. Yeah, strut. I guess if you say it like that. But Germans don't pronounce it like strut. It's more like strut. Strutguts. I'm not sure. I was calling we'll Dr. Stuttgarts. Dr. Stuttgarts. Stuttgarts, nice. And if you're Italian and you're listening, hey. then sorry for swearing. Hey. Oh, hey, hey. Hey. Hey, Copernicus over here. <laughs> Copernicus. Sopranos references. Yeah, no, that wasn't a Sopranos reference. Oh. That was a Family Guy reference. Oh, oh right, yeah. right, right, right. Hey, oh, oh, hey, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, hey. There's a really good cutscene in Family Guy where... Um, Babada boobity. <laughs> no, 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 not no. that one. Where I can't remember how it's set up, but Stewie goes... Oh, this is almost as repetitive as a um, as when you push into a line uh, of uh, of a, of young Italian guys, and you see Stewie and Brian like pushing their way through a line, and as they're pushing their <laughs> way through like, a line, hey, they're oh, like, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, probably Italian guys from Brooklyn, yeah, yeah New York, New York Italian <laughs> American, yeah, 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 definitely, hey, oh, hey, Copernicus over here with your with your noise and your shirts. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's Dr. Stuguts, played by writer and actor Ron West. Uh, no relation to Kanye. Uh, known for uh, Backdraft, Second City This Week, and Sour Grapes. He was also a consultant writer for comedy show Whose Line Is It Anyway? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So he wrote on the show for over a hundred and something episodes. Yeah, right. Mm. Mm. Okay. Not bad. His uh, character, Dr. Stuguts, is the least funny person ever. He sure it's, is. He's serious He's and humorless. It's just like, yep. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just you have to take your tests or something like that yeah. in the opening scene. Doesn't yeah. say much at all. He's got a really deep voice. He's he like, does. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He works at the West Park Medical Group or for the West Park Medical Group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they're he, still around, if, yeah. If they're even real, yeah. Don't think they are. <laughs> no. Well, it, it it was an exterior shot and it looked like a real building, so probably. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. How long has he? He looks quite young to be a GP. Do you yeah, think maybe I'd he's maybe forty? Forty. Yeah. Forty to forty-five. So you know he's been studying since he was like eighteen, and mm. you know it's like ten years, I think. To so he's probably been a doctor for ten to fifteen years, I guess. Probably, yeah, which is decent. Yeah. And he's. I, I'd imagine he just he's just a normal GP, you know, because yep. he's just doing like urine tests, mm. you know, basic stuff like that. The only things I could sort of really gather from him was that I don't think he has a family. I think he seems like a bit of a loner. Okay. Maybe because he's so quiet and boring and mm-hmm. humorless. I could just imagine him being happy with his own company. Yep. Not like a creepy, you know, like lonely loser guy, but just like, I don't really want a family. Like misanthrop. He's a misanthrop. Yeah, misanthrope. Yeah. misanthrope. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon as well. I think he's Peterman's personal doctor. Yeah, I think Peterman referred Elaine to go see Doctor Strugatz. Definitely, and um, yeah, he, and then that's like his own private doctor for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's cured uh, Peterman of many mysterious illnesses after he, his yeah. uh, exotic travels. Yeah, even his opium yeah. addiction. Maybe he <laughs> helped. Maybe he helped him with helped uh, get him off it. You know, maybe he helped wean him off uh, him, Shanghai Sally. Gave him methadone. Yam, yam. Yeah, he gave him methadone. White Lotus. That's right. He gave him like methadone or something. Yeah, you know, helped him out. Or whatever the treatments were back in the 90s. Yeah. Because I have no idea. Mm. You know. How old do you think... I mean, this is a bit of a, 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 a deviation, but how old do you think Peterman was when he was addicted to, to Yam Yam? Well, he think said... it was like when he was younger? He was said it? it was 1979. Oh, yeah. The year was True. 1979. So, True. 1996, you're probably about 50-odd. So, so he's probably he like maybe late 20s, maybe, maybe like early 30? 30s. Yeah. Okay. Right. Maybe he came back to America in uh, Dr. Stuguts. Uh, treated him and you know that's when he had enough trust in him to have him as his personal doctor yeah and he would have been a young doctor too for sure yeah Yeah. that's true that's probably what happened yeah Yeah. so maybe Peterman uh, you know yeah, he weaned Peterman off the the, the yam yam. Okay, yeah. well, I'll I'll adjust my uh, my theory before about him having no friends or no family <laughs> yeah. or no sort of social life. <laughs> I think uh, Jay Peterman would probably be the closest thing he would call a friend. Yeah, probably. You know, and and I don't think he would even be a close friend. Just he would be if if Stugatz wanted to say anything to anyone, any sort of personal feelings, Peterman would be would be that person. Their relationship transcends business. Yeah. They're p- close friends too. Yeah, it's more than just doctor-client respect or privilege. It's, you know, a semi e- e- personal friendship. And we mentioned it, so this, so you made a good point, that Peterman treats everyone like he's their friend. Yeah. You know, straight away. But when, but so. only when he's with them. Yeah. You know, when yeah. he's with someone, when he's in front of you, you're, you're it. You're all that matters. But as soon as that interaction is over, you're forgotten about. Yeah, but that, that wouldn't happen with him and Still Guts, though. No. Yeah. I think maybe initially, mm. but um, over time, I think it's developed into more of a uh, like a, a static respect, not just all or nothing, depending yeah. on whether he's there or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. Do you have anything else about nah, Stuttgart? That's about it. Yep, he's what a boat. A, yeah, he's owned a boat. by a mob boss. <laughs> yeah, Stuttgart. Stuttgart's too. He was the second Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah. The first one's wearing concrete boots in the Hudson River. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in there, somewhere <laughs> down there, down in the depths. All right. Do you have any other characters? Do you have anything on the waitress? Uh, I do. Played so, by Michelle Benilla. Yeah. So the only thing I have is that she is played by Michelle Benilla. Benilla, um, and that she seems to be sympathetic to, like, genuinely sympathetic to Elaine's firing and uh, her poppy situation. Yeah. Her Right. Situation. And then there's that guy in the diner. I didn't get his credits. No, I didn't get his credit. credit but but um, yeah, he says, oh, there's poppy seeds in yeah. opium from poppy seeds. Yeah, he seems to know a bit about uh, the fact that... Because I, I wouldn't have picked that. Like, I know, I know, um, you know, poppy... Uh, sorry, opium is made from poppy seeds because it's mm-hmm. heroin. Of course. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't have picked poppy seeds out of food, but, I guess. But I think... I think for poppy seeds, for you to ingest that many poppy seeds to mm. get a reading of opium, you'd have to eat heaps. Yeah. Surely, like, you know, well, maybe, Elaine eats like one piece op- of, you know, Elaine eats like one piece of chicken and then mm. she's worried that she'll get one tested seed. for opium. Yeah, one seed. And maybe. then yeah, she uses Helen's urine. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm sure you got to, surely you got to eat heaps. Yeah. yeah? It's like, probably a bit um, exaggerated. I think so. Yeah. Just for a laugh. Or ma- maybe there's an ingredient that uh, signifies opium rather than, you know, they don't test for opium itself. I'm checking that out, actually. How many okay. poppy seeds to get an opium hmm. reading? Who knows? I'll find out. Anyway. Yep. Uh, I didn't have anything about him, but I just wanted to mention him. And uh, in the recently created, just by me, out of the blue, said but not seen section, we mm. have the super, um, and you hear his voice. And this is the super. I'm just installing a little flow shower head. Yep. And the cook, we'll call him Goebbels, for the sake of continuity, Uh him overcooking the burger that um, Leo complains about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you got anything there? Yes. Apparently, uh, according to... I'm on the Mythbusters website. Oh, actually, no. It's the New Zealand Drug Foundation. <laughs> uh, the, the website's called uh, Mythbusters. I just Googled it. Oh, okay. Apparently, uh, it, it's well documented that eating poppy seeds, which are commonly used in muffins, breads, and bagels, can be enough to trigger a positive reading for the opiate morphine. It's not an urban myth. It's a scientific fact. There you go. Uh, the government-owned Institute of Environmental Science and Research in New Zealand, ESR, confirms that morphine can be present in a urine sample when poppy seeds have been consumed, but it says they would usually have to be eaten within 12 to 24 hours of the sample being collected. Okay. Well, that's why uh, Elaine was concerned, even by one poppy seed mm. caught in her teeth. And it's not the poppy seeds per se um, that actually have the opium. Uh, they come from the seed pods of opium plants, and they can be contaminated with opium milk, and it's the actual milk that contains morphine. Ah, mm. okay. There, there you, you go. go. Yes, huh. yes. And because they're used as an ingredient in baking, the seeds are cleaned and processed but are still likely to contain traces of opiate residue. But it's not a high enough concentration for someone to feel any morphine-like effects. But it can be enough to cause a positive result on a sensitive test. Huh, there you go. There you go. So I, th- I thought they were exaggerating. Knowledge is power. Knowledge yeah. is power. Opium is power. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, we don't endorse... Here at Bibbobas, we don't endorse the uh, use of recreational drugs. No. Now, let's go to the opium den. We'll have a quick break and... Uh, <laughs> let's go smoke some opium. Yeah, sounds good. No, we won't do that. No. No, we discourage yeah, We'll that. just shoot heroin into our faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the injecting room in Richmond, yep. the one that they opened oh, up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they have open last week? <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah true. Apparently, they've, uh, they've saved 12 people from overdosing. There you go. Not bad. Yep. Good start. So, anyway, enough about opium <laughs> and drugs. Uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll find out where the showerhead sits in our greatest episodes of all time if any of the secondary characters are in our top 20 of all time bit of seinfeld trivia and uh maybe a couple of seinfeldisms a bit of listener mail as well indeed you're listening to 
But I don't want to be a secondary character. Move back with Lydia? Come on, you're lucky to have anybody. <laughs> Last week you told me I was in my prime. I should be swinging. Swinging? What are you, out of your mind? Look at you, you're disgusting. You're bald, you're paunchy, all kinds of sounds are emanating from your body 24 hours a day. If there's a woman that can take your presence for more than 10 consecutive seconds, you should hang on to her like grim death. Which is not far off, by the way. But she's an anti-Semite. Can you blame her? Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. And uh, today we are talking about the showerhead. And uh, we've just finished talking about some uh, some some habits that we're, we've just recently acquired. Yeah, we bad are, habits. We're now junkies. Oh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> no by point. the end of this episode, we'll be in rehab, so it's all good. Yeah, I just need a good cold shower <laughs> with the Commander 4000 and yeah. upset. <laughs> it's true, that's the cure. That's the cure. To your um, opium addiction. The elephant showerheads. <laughs> that's it. Yes. That'll wash it straight off. Indeed. And we talked a bit about the episode the showerhead and yeah we talked about some secondary characters so Stephen, do you have your list of greatest seinfeld episodes ever that's right i do yeah where uh, does the showerhead sit in our growing ever growing list uh, we're up to 52 episodes of the show we've nearly done a third of the episodes no i know where does it sit in your top 52 uh it sits at number 43 um yeah okay i liked the episode as a whole but it was just Six out of ten the whole way through. Oh, okay, there Fair was enough. never some episodes. You know, it's three out of ten, and then ten out of ten, and it and it sort of varies. There's a bit more dynamics, but this was just okay all the way through. At least it's consistent. Yeah, it's it's never bad. It's never great for me. Um, yeah, and that's why it's sort of sitting that low. Fair enough. My top ten episodes I went through last week, and they are in the show notes. If you're curious. What about you? Yeah, well, I'll read my top ten first. Uh, number ten, The Sniffing Accountant. Number nine, The Pony Remark. Number eight, The Showerhead. Wow. It's in my top ten. Holy shit. Okay. I had the opposite effect to you. I thought, I, and I think it's because many of my favourite secondary characters are in this episode, which mm. make it, you know, have a six out of ten. I gave the episode like nine out of ten. Okay. I think the secondaries really bring it up. Right. Like, Frank Estanz is amazing. Estelle's mm-hmm. amazing. The, more, the Seinfelds, you know, Newman has a good you know, a couple of scenes as well. I think the episode's really hilarious. I actually pissed myself in a lot of, uh, you know, so to speak. Yep. <laughs> I had a urine test, you know, of course. Yep. Um, yeah, I know. I, I found it really hilarious, and I love the scene where my, one of my favourite scenes is when Helen's trying to get a glass so she can get the urine sample, and she's and like, oh, Jerry doesn't clean these. Oh, it's all scratched. Pick a glass, Mrs. Seinfeld. She's Pick yelling so glass. loud. Mrs. Seinfeld. Yeah, I know. That's one of my favourite scenes in the in the episode. It is a good scene. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, no, I just find it really good, and I think all the secondaries really do quite well. Okay. They're, they're, very, they're really solid, and uh, yeah, no, uh, for me, it's a really enjoyable episode, and it's in my top ten. Awesome. Number eight. Uh, I'll read number seven to one. Seven, The Hamptons. Six, The Bizarro Jerry. Five, The Soup Nazi. Four, The Puffy Shirt. Three, The Outing. Two, The Mango. One, The Contest. I figured, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm already in the top ten. Sure. So, yeah, no, I really, really love the showerhead. One of the best episodes of season seven, I reckon. Cool. One of. And uh, do any of the secondary characters appear in your top ten? Unfortunately, top no. You? Yeah. Nah. Nah. Not no. quite. My top ten, uh, I'm not sure if I read them last week. They're in the show notes as well. But um, ten to one, we've got Rava from the statue, Joe, the fruit shop owner from the mango, Tabachnik, who we mentioned just before, who may or may not be also a mysterious Serban, Serbian uh, showerhead supplier. I he's forgot Tabachnik was in your top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's cool. from the baby shower. Yeah, yeah. got Susan Ross, uh, Suella Mishki, Celia uh, for seven, six, and five. Number four is the record store owner. Number three is Jane. That's the record store owner from the old man. That's right. Yeah, 
Number yeah. three is Jane from uh, The Hamptons, George's episode Girlfriend. Number two are Bob and Cedric. And number one is Elton Bennis. Nice. What about I, you? I was thinking, before I say my top ten, I'm thinking the old man was our second ever episode. He He's been in your top ten the whole friggin' time. Yeah. Jesus. Not hmm. bad. Yeah. He's had a solid run. Bob and Cedric have been, they're number two. Oh, yeah. And been, since Soup Nazi. Yeah. Since episode seven. They're solid. There you go. Nice. Yep. They're doing all right. Came out strong. Yeah, indeed. Um, they're pretty solid. Uh, so my top ten, number ten's Putty. Number nine's Joe, the fruit store owner from the Mango. Eight is Mary Cantati from the Baby Shower, so not to Uh Seven is Aaron, the close talker. Six is Newman. Five is Bookman uh, from the library. Four is Susan. Three is the Soup Nazi. Two is Frank Costanza, in a, also in a solid performance in this episode we've spoken about today, the showerhead. And my number one, controversially, from many months ago, but now I think it's blown over, George Steinbrenner. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms for the week? None for me. How about yourself? Yeah, I've got one. Okay. Uh, not the best one, but it's still a Seinfeldism nonetheless. So one Seinfeldism, one average Seinfeldism is better than none. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, today at work, I was discussing uh, the complexity of the offices, meeting rooms. Uh, they're all numbered, and it's it's weird. Like, if you work there... That's a real Seinfeld conversation, Dan. That's exactly what he said. So, oh, okay. Sorry, I, was, I ruined it, yeah. No, no. Okay. I, I had a meeting, and uh, I was looking for the room, and he works in learning and development at, at work. And I just happened to walk past him, and I asked him where the room was. And he was explaining it to me because it has a similar name to another room. And then we were just sort of laughing at the the fact that the numbering system and the naming system is so complicated mm-hmm. and so convoluted. And then out of the blue, he goes, I feel like we're we're having a discussion that would be in Seinfeld. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Um, cool. yeah, so that's my Seinfeldism for the and, week. And that's one that happened today. Mm. That's like my one last week where it happened on yeah, the same day. It yeah, it happened at about 3 p.m. today too. No, so I had that nothing. was like mine too. Yeah, yeah last week. I had yeah. nothing and then all of a sudden, bang. There you go. That's the beauty. That's the magic of Seinfeld in our lives. That's right. It's fantastic. Uh, we before we finish off uh, with Seinfeldia, we have some listener mail. When you control the mail, you control information. Uh, so through the week, uh, a lovely woman by the name of Nicole Piles. Oh, hey, Nicole. Yep. She got in touch uh, in response to, I think, a question we put out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and she said to us, I listened to your podcast. I listened to your latest podcast, and I was thinking of a gag uh, that was recurring for Seinfeld. The one that I thought of, uh, was the button placement on George's sweater? Ah, yes. Now, one thing about that, Nicole, that I about the button placement. What I was saying was more like for last week. I was talking about gags that have recurred regularly throughout the show. Yep. The button only came in in episode one and also the finale. Yep. I I, I was talking more like gags that you know carried the whole way through, and I think Art Vandelay is yeah. like the most recurring one. It was like from episode two all the way to the end, which and it would come up all the time. But no, no very good pickup, Nicole. Yeah, I did I did um, realise that there was the button as well, the button placement, but I deliberately didn't say anything because, you know, it was only in two episodes Yeah, I talked about it. But yeah, thanks anyway, Nicole. Yeah, yeah and yeah. she does go on to point basically that that out she says jerry pointed it out in the first episode and then again in the last yeah yeah um cool. and but, but she, good pick up yeah and she said although yeah. i don't think it was regularly used yeah. uh, throughout the show like george's alias um and yeah we replied and she replied and it was very lovely so thank you for getting in touch uh with us nicole and uh if you want to get in touch with us please do so and you want us to reply <laughs> we have an email address bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com a website bidwabass.com and Stephen, what are our social media handles and our patreon website uh at bidwabask and you can uh check out our patreon uh it's forwards patreon.com forward slash bidwabask and uh we're available wherever you get your i uh podcast your itunes yeah very quick seinfeld here before we wrap up seinfeld trivia so today is tuesday july the 10th we're recording uh today's trivia 
Uh, the first of the 13-episode second season of Seinfeld was scheduled to premiere on January 16, 1991, the day the United States bombed Baghdad at the start of the Gulf War. Huh. The first Gulf War, there you go. Oh. Oh, I know. The Seinfeld premiere was preempted for news coverage. Uh, when the show finally debuted the following week, it began to build an audience that was select one. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Yes, first Gulf War stopped Seinfeld. <laughs> Travesty. Travesty. <laughs> indeed. In more ways than one. Oh, indeed. Yes, yep. indeed. And that's it for another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. So thank you so much for listening. And yeah, uh, what are we doing next week? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how we did this. We're going to season eight again. Out of the blue. Episode two, I believe. The Soulmate. Good episode. <laughs> Very good. And that's the one where there are, where Wick suspects that George killed Susan. Yep, yeah, yep, cracking yep. Cracking episode. Yep. He has his suspicions. That's right. Yeah, it's a good one. So join us next week for The Soulmate and another season eight episode. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening and we'll catch you all then yeah, I'm no, Stephen I'm Ivan and uh, yeah take care yeah I'm going to have another shower see ya